For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Oh, oh. in the house. <laughs> Welcome to For Your Reconsideration. Lost it, right? Yes. Lockdown has absolutely destroyed Rob. Absolutely. You're not telling me that's not a massive banger. (laughs) It's an absolute banger. That, by the way, it's a massive something. Coming to a dance hall near you when lockdown is over for your reconsideration. Uh, Two-step classic. Very excited about it. How are you, fellas? Are you okay? Yeah, Uh, good, thank you. I am now. (laughs) (laughs) I am now. (laughs) What have you guys been watching this week? Okay, so uh, the thing that's really caught my attention this week is a HBO documentary series, which is playing on Sky's documentary channel over here and on Now TV, and uh, called McMillions, which is about the defrauding of the McDonald's Monopoly game in America and the FBI's pursuit of the criminals Ooh. behind that. Ooh. So anyone looking for like a true crime fix to scratch that Tiger King itch should check this out. It's not as outlandish as uh, Joe Exotic and his cronies, but it has the same this-can't-be-real element to it, and I'm very much enjoying it. It's a really interesting story. Cool. cool. That sounds good. That sounds very good. Sounds good. Excellent. Sai, what about yourself, man? Uh, sorry, mate. I've, I um, I've, I cooked some um, cut some chili for me dinner, and I put my finger in my eye, so my eye is really burning. At this <laughs> sorry, I'll power oh, no, for it. No. Be professional. Be professional. Um, <laughs> good job, people can't see me because my eye is streaming at the minute. Um, oh no! No. So I've I've got a bit of a confession to make. Like during lockdown, um. I've been having, shall we say, an education in HBO's uh, raunchy 90s comedy drama, Sex and the City. <laughs> Ooh. Oh! Uh, as, oh. Uh, so, the, so the missus has been like, right, I'm going to we're going to sit down, we're going to watch it from the start. So that's finished this week. So naturally we've gone on to watch the film. So I've watched the Sex and the City film this week. That was that was my main, main movie watch. <laughs> well, enough about that, enough about that. Um, <laughs> to try and recover a shred of credibility. I watched um, Jim Jarmusch's uh, The Dead Don't Die, which I think got a bit of a frosty reception when it came out. Um, I think when it did the film festival circuits and, and also I, I, I don't, think, don't think it went down too well, but I really enjoyed it. I'm a bit of a fan of Jim Jarmusch. I, I really like his like irreverent, dry humour and the way his films are, are so sort of deadpan and 
really funny and just naturally witty. And it's just more of that. If you like that, and if you like Adam Driver being a really awkward weirdo. <laughs> oh, so like in Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's really worth the watch. Um, yeah, it's a zombie movie, but it's not in any way scary or it's not doing anything sort of particularly great on that side of things. But as a comedy, I thought it was really good. So yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised by that, considering it got such tepid reviews when it came out. Oh. Maybe one for the pod in future, Sam? Yeah, I think it's just come on um, Now TV, I think. Um, oh, right. I'll yeah. check that out. Then. I liked it. I, I, I liked it, yeah. Especially if you like Jim Jarmusch. I think you're and Bill Murray's in it, isn't he, as well? Bill Murray is in it. He's, uh, yeah, oh, him and Adam Driver are very much the leads in it. Um, oh, well, sold. It's very good. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, that, that is a good combination. Um, uh, that As names go, Jim Jarmusch is a good one. Oh, it's, it's yeah. lovely on the chip really of the Really nice punk. name. Uh, I had a a bit a slight disaster setting up tonight because plugging in the um you know the 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 mic tonight um I couldn't get any feedback at all from the mic and I did the old you know trace the wire down and the dog has gone right through it oh what so uh, so we're on the auxiliary mic tonight yeah um but no aside from that um this week the children, my children being the children um, in this context, were they asked me to watch Harry Potter movies from one to whatever they ended up at. Eight, is it? Is it eight? Yeah, yeah. possibly. I'm not sure. So I watched the first two this week. The first one I really liked. The second one was long as a long <laughs> thing. Oh, they get longer. <laughs> they get longer. Oh, really? Because, like, the second one, uh, there's a formula, isn't there, right? Stuff goes on. Uh, Harry's at home. And he's very, you know, he's depressed. Um, living under the stairs. You would be, I think, he, if you're Well, well yeah, very much so. <laughs> this is only on my basis of seeing the first two. I've not seen anything from here, nor have I watched anymore. The next one's brilliant. Is it? Yeah. Oh, the good. next one is really brilliant. The next one is the best one, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, I hope so, because like I'm ready to jack it all in after the end of the second one. There were more goodbyes in this one than um, than Return of the King, James. Knowing your love and love of it. It's just, by the time, right... I, I paused it when the, the the thing was over, you know, to see how long was left. Because that's that's how you do it these days, isn't it? You pause yeah. it so you can see what's left on the timeline of your streaming thing. And it said 25 minutes to go. I'm like, what on earth is this? <laughs> and it's usually just, oh, Gandalf's decided. Not Gandalf, what's his name? Dumbledore's decided that there's some house points for somebody. Uh, they've got to have a confrontation with a villain that's not really a confrontation. It's just, I'll get you eventually, Potter. And um, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I was ready to... to tank it all in but on that recommendation the third is good I'll the third around. one is genuinely brilliant it's directed by is Alfonso it? Cuaron the third oh, well, one so it's, oh, well, it's is, really good that really does change yeah. things quite a bit um, because I, what I noticed the biggest jarring thing was the budget difference between one and two. I mean, obviously the first was a massive smash but suddenly, you know, the second one opens with like a car train chase <laughs> mid-air yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. suddenly the budget's gone ba-boom yeah um, I but think out good. of all of them, the second one is the weakest film, and then the third one is the best film. But they do get really good. They get, as the books do, they get a lot more mature as they go on. Yeah. So I think as an adult, you'll get a lot more out of them the further you go into it. Right. You see, I got I managed They're to great. catch I up with them. what you said. Yeah, no, I, uh, the production values are incredible. Uh, they're really well-made movies. I've got that thing at the moment where I finally know what you're saying when you say about Ron Weasley. Oh, yes. And um, it's just sort of like a comic thing. And now the kids, they said to me, you know, like, 
They don't watch much swearing and stuff. They don't really have a handle on it. Well, they do now. <laughs> oh, it's a bloody thing. It's a bloody this. No. Now, come on. Now, let's not, you know, this isn't what we signed up for. Anyway. Potty mouth Ron. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Always. So t- we've all uh, took stock of what we knew what tonight's movie was going to be. And a question has emerged. Just about. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. about. I have to be honest, we did find it hard. I think we can share with the listeners. We usually like to pick a discussion topic, and this was difficult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so sometime, maybe three or four hours ago, we stumbled upon something we felt we could talk enough about. So yep. if that doesn't make your appetite whetted to hear what's coming next, I don't know what will. So best train scenes in films. We need to preface this by by saying I think that it's a train scene in a film or a segment on a train. It's not all about a train. So I think, you know, as much as I'd like to say Under Siege 2 is a shoe in here, (laughs) I don't think it can count because it's a train film, not a train scene. (laughs) Same with um, Polar Express. Can't be done when it's about a train. It freaks me out, that movie. (laughs) Yeah. All the kids, all the children in it who have the heads of 56-year-old men. Yeah, yeah. I just can't. It's just so creepy. <laughs> it's really creepy. So, so yeah, back to the question. Uh, with regard to the... Uh, while we're sort of touching on Robert Zemeckis, he's got a great train sequence in one of his movies. At uh, the end of uh, Back to the Future 3, <laughs> when they have to push the DeLorean with the... Uh, steam engine because they're back in the old west. How did the steam locomotive? Um, and they're ch- chucking the uh, the multicolored dynamite into the. Is it dynamite? <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like explosives to juice the steam engines speed up, isn't it? To get them up to yeah, eighty eight yeah. miles an hour. Anyway, it's an um, unbelievable sequence with a DeLorean strapped to the front of a train and cowboys chasing after them. Yeah, and, it's a riot of fun, that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it's just great. It's really good. And that's Alan Silvestri's score as well. It's brilliant. Lovely. Yeah, that is a good one. Sorry, anything stick in there? I've got a couple. Uh, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade has a really good one yeah. at the start with River Phoenix playing a young indie. And he's going across the circus oh, train. Yeah, how good is that? Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, that's on my list as and well. And it's got the like, um, you know, the explanation of where his scar comes from and all stuff like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that film. That's such a brilliant movie. Such yeah, it's great. Movie, last it? yeah. And another one I wanted to mention. It's not really a film, so I'm totally cheating. I I talk about video games quite a lot, and I compare a lot of the films we talk about to video games. Yeah. And there's a sequence in a game called Uncharted Two. On the oh, high so oh that's so good, yeah. And it's, no, I mean, it's incredibly though. cinematic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that whole, it's not really a level, but a whole part of the game is on this train journey that goes from the jungle and then into some snowy mountains at the end of it. Mm. Um, oh, God, it's just like so exhilarating and yeah. one of the most memorable sections of a video game. Yeah, it's outrageous, that, isn't it? And it's it's like a blockbuster movie you're a part of. It's it's, it's brilliant. It's so good. Yeah. I cheated a bit, but that one, Uncharted 2, it's well good. No, that's, that's perfectly allowed because the more... Games get so much more cinematic all the time that they, and they even have like film writers involved in them these days. Yes. So I think, in terms of a conversation, they're allowed, especially if you're not allowed to talk about Under Siege 2. So, yeah. <laughs> did you have <laughs> anything else other than Under Siege 2, Rob? Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I do. Um, there's a brilliant soft spot for Octopussy. Bit of Bond franchise coming oh, in. Oh, right. Octopussy, when. Um, not from Russia with Love? That's uh, well. definitely there, definitely there. Moonraker, <laughs> you could have a good shout for as well. He's, He's always on pissing trains. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they've run out well, of methods of transportation for Bombay's 48 movies or however memories go. <laughs> <laughs> but in Octopussy, he managed to put on a whole, um, like, gorilla suit tied from someone. And then when the, the train rattled, he was, like, uh, rocking in a gorilla suit back <laughs> before he had to get involved. That, that always gets... Uh, you know, a nod. This is a Roger Moore one, isn't it? Of course it is. Well, of course it is. But also, another Bond nod would be in Goldeneye when, you know, he's stuck on a train with another train about to plough through it with, um, what's her name now? Played by Isabella Skorupka. Natalia. Natalia. Yeah. 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 And she says, uh, you know, they've got a riddle to try and disarm a nuke or something like that. And he's getting out of the floor with a watch with a laser on and she's saying you sit on it but you can't take it with you and he, he turns around and says yeah! <laughs> and, and blasts his way through the floor and then they're off and I've never heard, you know when a word so mundane as chair is said with such passion it's going to live in the memory so, trusty Pierce Brosnan again oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. went full tapping never going full, full tapping. tapping on it again you know like um, we <laughs> Talked about recently. I think um, a day another day was on uh, ITV, <laughs> and there was some conversation uh, I've had with some fellow listeners of the pod about um, the scene. You know, like the scene when Barry comes out of the sea. Oh yeah, and he's he's like he's. It, He's such a creepy uncle that, like, who's just been given an hour by his wife to go and sit by the poolside bar, <laughs> and he takes binoculars and he says, "All, you know, looking at everyone." And she comes up and says, "You know, um, ornithology." <laughs> let's not, Pierce. Come on, you know, just let's not do this. And it reminded me what an absolute stinker of a scene that was. <laughs> Absolutely stinking. And she says something like, "What you know? What do they do? You know." What do they do after dark? Like they feast till morning, like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> what is like, happening? Just... <laughs> How we ended up here? I don't know. I don't know. I think I suppose I had to get it off my chest that this is, you know, this is so <laughs> underratedly bad. <laughs> so, moving through. Speaking of magnificent action chases, tonight's movie. Whose pick was it? It was mine. James, tell me more. Okay. In tonight's film, a $20 wager gets way out of hand when a chain-smoking, <laughs> scenery-chewing egomaniac bets his mate that he can get away with stealing two nuclear warheads from the US government for a bit of a laugh, really. From legendary <laughs> action director John Woo, the film is, of course, 1996, Broken Arrow. They are America's first line of defense. Best of friends. Sorry, Captain. Snap of the earth. Here we go. Fierce competitors. Very nicely done. Almost as good as me. Ready to protect our nation against any threat. Carrying the nukes. You love having the power of God at your fingertips. Not tonight, buddy. But what if the enemy is one of them? What the hell are you doing? We got pilots down. We got ourselves a broken arrow. A broken what? What we call it 
when we lose a nuclear weapon. I don't know what's scarier, losing nuclear weapons, but that it happens so often, there's actually a term for it. The only thing more dangerous than what he knows. They believe they've got an exposed core. they got to send in a nuclear emergency search team. By the time they find us, we'll be gone. Is what he's prepared to do. $250 million by 0900 Utah time. If you have not... Good God. I don't know what the big deal is. I really don't. But there's one thing. Smile, boys. We're about to retire. He didn't count on. I know his mind works. You gotta let me go after him. Outstanding, Hal. That's the spirit. Would you mind not shooting at the thermonuclear weapons? And what are we doing? If you enter the wrong code three times, the nuke goes dead. Unless, of course, I already thought of that ahead of time. You just activated a nuclear warhead, my friend. The clock is ticking. Care for a Coke or something? John Travolta. You lose. Christian Slater. You're out of your mind. Ain't it cool? Broken Arrow. A John Woo film. James. Bam, 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 bam. Why, <laughs> why did you pick this film? So, as some of our listeners may be aware, the FYR journey started with the John Woo-directed Hard Target. So I thought it was high time that we welcomed the great man back to the pod. So I had a look through his filmography and I went, oh, Broken Arrow. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) So secondly, it's a movie that teenage me had incredibly fond memories for, and I was intrigued to see how well it held up. (laughs) (laughs) I've taken a bit of a swing, dear lads. The the future looks bleak. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, so um, what's your relationship with it? I mean, how long have you been... uh... A Broken Arrow fan. <laughs> well, I, I think it came on to Sky Movies in the uh, in like 1997, and that's probably when I saw it for the first time. I remember they did a really in-depth behind the scenes about there's a stunt towards the end of the film where someone is kicked from a moving train off a very large bridge. And <laughs> uh, they did a real big featurette on that, and I was instantly intrigued with the film. Uh, mm. And then I watched it, and as an adolescent, thought it was the most amazing thing ever um, yeah like, that's interesting because you didn't used to get a lot of behind the scenes stuff and yeah, when you yeah. did it was like absolutely fascinating for a film fan absolutely yeah so it was just that I remember it getting quite a big push on Sky Movies and then mm. I watched it when it when it premiered on there cool so was this one of Nana's house's it famous, wasn't or? no it wasn't it's pretty similar to James actually this is definitely one I was watching on Sky Movies with my brother at our house and when when you're a well i wouldn't have been a teenager just barely 11 12 uh watching this anything where there's just loads of shit blowing up and, and <laughs> stealth bombers and because i think um I, i'm sure it was way before this but you could you could fly again going into the video games you could fly a stealth bomber in the game jungle strike uh, oh yeah on the mega drive god what a game that was by the way. <laughs> so i was just like 
just just from that alone, just like anything where I saw the shape of a stealth bomber, I was like, yeah, watching that. Yeah. And Broken Arrow, nice. there was a stealth bomber in it. So I was like, yeah. I don't think I had enough particular affinity to John Travolta or Christian Slater <laughs> no. as a kid. I wasn't really... Maybe maybe look who's talking. I was I really like look who's talking. So I like to watch a bit young for Pulp Fiction. Yeah, a bit young. For, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah I remember watching it with my brother and just really enjoying it. And yeah, yeah, I I think that's the one and only time I'd seen it. So yeah, I was interested to see to watch it again and see if it had held up um, or whether my sense of childish nostalgia has betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> Much like John Travolta does his friend. Yes, <laughs> Christian Slater. Yes, yes, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think for myself it would be a question of I adored, obviously, Hard Target and adored uh, Face Off. And obviously I didn't really know. You know when you first get into films when you're in your teen years, you don't really know who's behind them at the time. Yeah, yeah. When I found out they were the same person, it was like pff, an eclipse in my head. Mm. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you mean I can buy his movies and they might be a bit like them? Yeah. L- right, let's do this. So, yeah, Face Off came out a year later after this, didn't it? So mm. I got um, Broken Arrow on VHS. And really, really weirdly, um, I th- didn't like it very much. <laughs> oh, at the time. Didn't like it very much at the time. It wasn't up to the standards of Hard Target. No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't have enough snake oiled mullets. No. Um, <laughs> definitely had a no, serious deficiency in that regard. Mullets um, have been replaced with flat tops in this particular film. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so yeah. many flat tops. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well call it flat top. <laughs> have you seen the John Woo movie, Flat Top? <laughs> That's a, that's a real American haircut. <laughs> um, I, I, incidentally, sorry, slight segue. I'm, I'm, I've been entrusted to cut my two-year-old boy's hair tomorrow, and no one knows, but he is getting a, a wicked flat top. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was really excited when you said it. Um, it was more. It, I got really excited because it was a question of I've not seen that in ages. It's a director I really love. Let's do this. I'm really excited. Yeah. So, so yeah, had you really had cool. you warmed to it over the years when you rewatched it, or just 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 didn't like it that one time that you saw it? Not seen it since. Not seen it since. Oh, wow. That first, the first, that one time I saw it, I was like, "There's no double denim here. I don't like this." <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that's where we are. Um, so, in which case, I'm assuming it qualifies. I never know because I always just go along with you, what you guys say. But um, budget and box office, James, what are we looking at here? Uh, so, this was actually a much bigger hit than I thought it was. So, amazingly, you'd think this would be like a big summer tempo mm, movie. I thought it would No, be. it missed its initial release date of December of 1995 and came out in February of 1996. Whoa, really? So that's how stacked it was, <laughs> like, in the summer of, um, in the summer back in the 90s. Like, there was no room for Broken Arrow in terms of the amount of action films that were out. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just couldn't compete. Yeah. So this is, uh, as I say, it's a bigger hit than I thought. It made $155 million worldwide off a $55 million budget, so... Very much um, in terms of budget, at least, and star wattage, with apologies to JCVD and Lance Henriksen, um, John Woo was given a much bigger sandbox to play in with this particular effort. Cool. 
it was it's quite a few years after Hard Target, isn't it? Like it's not I think it's like three a, years after. Yeah, yeah, it is three years. Yeah, because then you know, Face Off was just one year immediately after this. So do you reckon they give him after that? Give him like a three picture deal or something like that? And this, was I'm not sure which studio put Face Off out. This is a 20th Century Fox, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. This yeah. is a Fox movie. I don't know who put Face Off out. Um, I think it's just as it. As we said, you know, he he was finishing it up towards the end of 1995. It was supposed to come out then. So then he just barreled straight. He probably, as soon as this was done in like January, barreled straight into Face Off and then released that in 97. Such a weird release window, like aiming for Christmas, but then ended up the end of winter. Merry Christmas. Let's go and see Broken Arrow starring John Travolta. (laughs) 96 for action movies was pretty big, wasn't it? Like Independence Day was that year. The Rock was that year as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they probably were just like, we can't. We'll get trampled. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we'll get up. Yeah, totally trampled. Twister was out that year as well, which is uh, <laughs> that's coming on here soon. <laughs> cool, <isn't> it? <laughs> it keeps popping up on Amazon Prime whenever I turn it on. Like, you watch this, so you might like Twister. Twister. And my, and the picture, the little poster that it shows is of the cow in the air, and my kids are always like, that one, that one, that one. <laughs> yeah. and I don't I don't know where the it's appropriate, I'm not sure. It's a PG. It is a PG. It is. And they've, they've Weather's scary, worse. though. I mean, when well, I was... <laughs> yeah, the hidden threat. Maybe it was, I was a wee bit older than your eldest, but like I used to watch London's Burning. That used that was the thing what scared me the most as a child, watching yeah. London's Burning. Like, this could actually happen. You know, originally I thought I thought you meant the Gerard Butler film, Si. I, I... <laughs> I'm assuming that's London has fallen. London's fallen. London. <laughs> <laughs> but my grip on reality is scant at best. I mean, this is hopeless. I saw that uh, in Tesco the other day. We had a, the the triple box set of the the Fallen oh. trilogy. Of, oh. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> How much is it? One pound fifty, fifty p. The bottom of a a basket bit. Is it like when you go to a pound shop and um, you go to the Blu-ray section and the the film's what didn't sell and you've got like about 40 copies of of like Olympus Has Fallen just in a row in a pound shop because you couldn't get rid of them. Seriously, if it meant a film of mine had got made, then I want to be them. (laughs) I think I got the Total Recall remake from one of those shelves where it was about 50 of them at the bottom. Did you? For a pound on Blu-ray. It's really good. Really good. I like it. It's good. I like it. Not it's as really good, good as the yeah. original, but it's, it's good. Uh, it's you, you got you got good uh, value for money. Quid? Though. I'm not going to say no to a quid for that. <laughs> no. Kate Beckinsale sliding on her knees for like two hours. So she doesn't <laughs> slide on her knees. <laughs> like a six-year-old at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so if it so it doesn't qualify money-wise. Does it qualify critically, Sai? It does, but just about. By the skin of its teeth, another Ooh. one. Very close. 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, it does qualify because it is rotten. Um, lower audience score with 44%, which is a Oh, no, that's definite rotten, in which case. But it doesn't qualify on Metacritic because it's on 61 on there. Wow. Um, oh. um, and then audience uh, audience is really bad. 3.3 on that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it seems Sheesh. audiences were not a fan of uh, of John Travolta's elaborate smoking, <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot more elaborate than his plan in the film. Let's if there was an Very Oscar clear. for performative cigarette smoking, he would be the MVP. He'd win it every single year. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. 
But uh, obviously, now we're Miklas Hall approved, we're just going to try and find his reviews whenever possible. And um, yes, he he was quite favourable on it for, for Broken Arrow. He liked it. So according to Metacritic, it's, it, me, I, can't, I, can't, I can never say Metacritic. It's really hard to say. <laughs> according to Metacritic, uh, it's 88 out of 100 from Mick LaSalle's review on the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, he said, there are lapses in character motivation and at times the film takes on a cartoony feeling. But if you worry about those things, you shouldn't be watching action movies. For its genre, Broken Arrow is a class act. Mix into it. So uh, that's, that was Mick. Uh, I mean, this this is an elaborately, elaborately smoked cigarette salute your way, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, John Travolta's uh, theme in this, you know how we always call uh, Mick the sheriff of FYR town? <laughs> I think we should use that as uh, as a little sting for when Mick's coming. Bam, 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 bam. Oh yeah, bam, 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 bam. Oh, he's here. So good. I, I picked out uh, two reviews like at the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So uh, uh, Pete Pete Travers from Rolling Stone uh, gave it the full full shebang, five out of five. Wow. Oh! And said, Broken Arrow delivers the hippest action fun around. Travolta's Doctor Strange Love exit will blow you away. I mean, that's a massive spoiler. <laughs> <for it. laughs> you can't put that in a review. It's uh, a disgrace. I suppose it's quite teasing, but, uh, but yeah, we will get to that. <laughs> we jolly will. We jolly will. Complete opposite end of this was from uh, Rita Kempley in the Washington Post, <laughs> who give it zero stars. Oh, God. Uh, and said Broken Arrow a deafening brain dreadening action thriller takes a mighty blasé approach to nuking Denver (laughs) (laughs) I mean the blasé approach to nuking Denver is absolutely accurate nobody gives a shit at all it's extremely spot on I mean, Zero Star is very harsh, but I cannot argue with her punchline. Very funny. (laughs) Oh, that's magnificent. Magnificent. Um, Well, you know, in which case, we obviously, we've talked about behind the camera here. I think if we do, we've mentioned the score a couple of times in bow, 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 bow. It's going to happen a lot, that, I'm afraid. But it's, um, it's lovely Hans Zimmer. It is, it is. and oh. even at this stage, Hans Zimmer is kind of a big deal. So he's won; he's already won his one and only Oscar for the Lion King score, mm. um, and he's very much in the operating in the high end Hollywood action movies. So he scored Crimson Tide, for instance, mm. and The Rock that's coming out later in nineteen ninety six. He does uh, does the scoring for that. It's weird, isn't it? You think that like he's much more well known now. I would say, yeah than he was back in the 90s. Yeah. But the 90s is, is when he has it's the pinnacle of his career and winning the Oscar for scoring The Lion King. But. You're absolutely right, Matt. And the, but those those scores that live with you forever, yeah. like the, the sort of the key tracks on each soundtrack that he was involved with, like yeah. for me on The Rockets, Hummels Gets the Rocket. Yeah, it's yeah. such a great, great track. But And now he's selling out arenas. Exactly, yeah. yeah. With his orchestra, it's amazing. Do you think he does uh, John Travolta's... Um... Deacon's theme tune uh, on those live with the with the London Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, <laughs> one one sort of like spotlight from the very back of the arena on him with an electric guitar. Bow, 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 bow. Do you think Hans Zimmer approved of that uh, sting being used in Scream Two for Dewey, the 
Dunn's police officer. <laughs> that is a weird choice, and that's something we do need to discuss, really. <laughs> is that How the bit what this... got reused? Is yeah, because what... yeah. I was like, I've heard that before. That's the bit from Screen 2. How is it allowed... And how did it happen? That's what I want to know. Well, they must have cleared it, mustn't they? But it just, like, I don't understand why Dewey, the doofus cop from Scream, is getting, like, this Western badass hero team. Because <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know that, but uh, a, a math pickup mentioned it on Twitter and said, like, uh, can you... Yeah. I've got a question for you. Why is it the same bit yeah. of Soccer Scream 2? <laughs> So we don't know you have to ask the guys at Dimension, but... It was so funny. Oh, just, <laughs> I think, yeah. um... Hilarious. Yeah, I think, um, while, while we're on to, um, uh, should we say fan base? Yes. Which, uh, yes. Hello, you guys. Listen. We love you. Um, yeah, Math Pick came, Math Pickup came in at Math Pickup with why were parts of Hans Zimmer's score reused in screen two? Um, Danny Marshall says, I love this film, but it's no hard rain. And asks, is this the first time John Travolta has played a baddie since Greece? <laughs> <laughs> is is I mean is Jewel is uh, is it Vin- which one does he play? Vincent Vega. Vincent, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean he's is, not a nice man, is he? Vincent no. Vega. <laughs> he's not the uh, he's not the villain of the police who gets Doctor Strange loved out of here. But. No, no. But he does he, he he does this a few times, doesn't he? Like further on in his career, so mm. yeah. When he's um, you know, in Face Off, when he's he plays that part of the well, film, we should, we should know then, the Punisher. He's the welcoming Punisher. him back to the and oh, of course, yeah. and then um, Swordfish as well, potentially. Yes, in, yeah, in yeah, Swordfish. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that sort yeah. of like really. Um, fabu- I'm going to say fabulous because he's very. He, he is fabulous, isn't he? He's, yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he's got a good tone to it all. Um, yeah. And he, he, he proper hands it up. Um, he does, yeah. And he, it's intentional as well. And you've got to remember yes. where he is at this point in his career. Like, he's very much basking in the post-Pulp Fiction glow because I was looking at his filmography and before Pulp Fiction, he was in the wilderness completely. Outside, oh, of, those, outside of those Look Who's Talking movies, there's nothing of note at all until 1994 when he's in Pulp Fiction. And then he follows that up with Get Shorty, which is a really good movie as well. And then he comes with this. And apparently he's so hot at the time that they come to him with the script for Broken Arrow and said, which of the lead roles do you want to play? Do you want to be the hero or, you, or do you want to be the baddie? And he picks to, uh, to play the baddie. That's so cool. Yeah, and then they cast so Christian cool. Slater to play Hale as the hero. It's yeah. interesting that he was cast as well because... You you look at Christian Slater's um, filmography. Everyone knows who he is. You know his face yeah. and everything. But mm. it seems like he's always on the sort of cusp of being amazing. And but it yeah, never yeah. quite happens. Like he's yeah. never in a humongous film as the lead. And it this was one of the maybe Hard Rain was another one where it potentially was. I'd like to see Hard Rain again. Um, yeah. Slater, you know, I got obsessed with this after last week, and I think this might be a running feature. What are the ages of the heroes? <laughs> but Slater's only 27 here. Yeah, yeah, because obviously he's done Prince of Thieves at this stage where he's like a little upstart, isn't he? Heathers was at the back end of the 80s, wasn't it, uh, where he played yeah. a sociopathic high schooler. True Romance, yeah. they're supposed to be quite young in True Romance again. I yeah, think he's always true. better when he's playing on that edge rather than as this sort of straight-laced hero guy. Yes, I totally yeah. agree, yeah. I, 
I, I think he's great. I, I think Christian Slater is great. I I was mm. I saw him on stage actually. He did. He was in um, Glen Gary Glen Ross in London last year. Oh right. Cool. Um, and he was brilliant in that. And you know, like he just, you know, he's the big name on stage, and the people yeah. with him were like really, you know, big name British actors. But he just yeah. blew them all out of the water. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had such a great stage presence. He was quality. So yeah, he, he, he's really good. I'm not in in no way am I. Oh no, not at all. A slight against Slater, no. uh, Christian Slater, saying that his career never quite got there, but. It's a sort of um, roll of the dice casting wise, I think, him as a his the lead man in this film. Yeah, I, I think um, what I found uh, very interesting about this film with Slater is that his hair is the hair of that guy in maths when you were 13 who doesn't really, <laughs> you don't really know him very well. You just know of him and you know him enough to nod at. Yeah, yeah. You don't really know him. <laughs> Did you go to school with Christian Slater? Is that what No, no, no. He definitely was in ma- wasn't in maths, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Should we have a little look at the movie then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, let's jump Okay, in. okay, okay. Um, straight away, uh, we, we're into, I think, one of the boldest shots. Well, it is the boldest shot of the film. This long sort of overhead, camera. Overhead, yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it's an overhead shot that... that I, can't, I don't even know how to describe it. Lowers right down overhead. Yeah, it's a God's Eye, God's eye shot God's from eye, that's what uh, above the ring, isn't it? And it's sort of... Dollies down, doesn't it? Towards the... yeah, that's what I was really struggling yeah. with. Um, to a boxing ring in which Slater and um, sorry, the character names are Hale and Deakin, Slater and Travolta are uh, rumbling in a I mean, it's a boxing scene that would get them thrown out of any gym. <laughs> in any <place. laughs> yeah, Rob, you've done a little bit of boxing. Is it good form for the more experienced of the two fighters to beat the living crap out of the less experienced one? <laughs> no, I, th- what would have happened here? I mean, for a start, the talking, the trash talk would have been wiped out immediately. <laughs> the other one is that, that neither of them are very good, so they will have been like looked at on the on the edges, like who are these idiots <laughs> in the gym? Um, that no one gets a touch on them. You know, as in, like, sorry, no injury whatsoever. No, no grazes full contact, full contact sparring, no headgear. So what are they using? Like, is, are we talking about 56-ounce gloves? <laughs> like, massive <laughs> pillows. I've got no idea. But, yeah, the idea that someone who is clearly better goads and full contact punishes the other fella would see him taken to the showers and battered. <laughs> <laughs> But that aside, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good opening because it, it, it immediately sets up that Deakins is somewhat of a mentor to Hale, doesn't it? Like you, yeah. you get the dynamic between them two straight away in a in just a, the most basic form of masculinity possible of beating the shit out of each other. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good it's a good opener. But yeah, no 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 cuts or anything after all of it, it was a bit. Weird. You'd be seriously. Um... You'd be battered. Th- those shots, <laughs> you'd have broken noses and all sorts. Even with the highest permissible, you know, size of gloves, you'd be shredded. And and then from there, you go to easily the the most extravagant way to smoke a cigarette <laughs> committed to film. <laughs> yeah. It's what well, the camera shot as well proper hams it up because it comes from above, doesn't it? And it sort of. <laughs> 
follows Christian Slater walking into the locker room and comes down over the lockers, and then you just see Travolta with his. It's like yeah, it's, it's proper five finger fanning spread. out, isn't it? The, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> how he doesn't drop it, like it's like how many takes do you think you went? Ah, shit! Like <laughs> dropping yeah, a yeah, cigarette dude. down his trousers, like. <laughs> if, but like, let's take this to real world just for a second, right? If you <laughs> you got battered by some burke in the gym who decides to go full contact and you went in the showers and he was prancing around doing that with the cigarette. I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons I love this, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because we set them up, they're friends, yeah, aren't yeah. they? They're, they're pilot yeah. bros. <laughs> Never really buy it, though. What, that they'd be pilots or friends or no, both? but the... <laughs> No, I get. I, I buy the pilot stuff actually more than I buy that they're friends because they're so opposite each other. Well, there's a, quil- a clear like twelve year age difference between the two. There of them is, as well, yeah. Isn't there? yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think it's fifteen. I think so, yeah. like, Travolta's forty two. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a fifteen year age gap, but. Travolta wouldn't, you know, like when you apply, I imagine, to go into this area of the military, there's going to be psych evaluations. Yeah. Travolta would fail everything <laughs> like, just by walking in there. You know, like, you can't be involved. We can't let this man have a nuke. Are you no, kidding? No. You know, but so that's why I don't like, he's openly admitted that he hates hates authority. Yeah. He's got a chip on his shoulder because he's been passed over for promotion so yeah. many times. Maybe because he's a lunatic. <laughs> He gets a massive rush out of power. I mean, he's the perfect candidate to guide nukes. Isn't yeah, it, absolutely. And this is not for nothing. They're, they're having this brutal sparring session before they're going to do a, a covert yes, operation yes. of the Utah desert. <laughs> Flying a stealth bomber with two live nuclear warheads in it as a training exercise. <laughs> Incredible! Just, like, I mean, it's yeah, just I poor this, planning. Was it? Was it a training <laughs> exercise? Could they not have just used like fake bomb? Why did they need p- proper nukes? I mean, you wouldn't have a film then, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> because the screenplay demands it. So. <laughs> yeah. I love one of like we'll we'll, we'll get to it. One of my favourite things of this film is like the way it's written is classic. If you were writing a spoof on an action film, you would use this as your bible to do it there are so many phone calls with exposition where it's like oh yeah what is a broken arrow well well let me tell you what a broken arrow is well (laughs) and i I just love like all those the action film tropes of uh of this movie and i think travolta's performance helps it yeah yeah. in a in a way because you're like right we know this is not taking itself seriously yeah well travolta's certainly not i don't know about everybody else but he's having an absolute time of his life and you know and it switches up when they're out on the mission and they're both in the cockpit and they're having a bit of banter and then travolta does his heel turn that we've all seen coming but Christian Slater's totally yeah. taken aback by um, <laughs> and just before he turns on him like there's an extreme close up goes in on his eyes and his eyes narrow like if he had a oh, moustache he'd be twirling it at this yeah, stage yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he tries to yeah. blow his head blow Christian Slater's head off inside the bloody stealth bomber and then they're all ejected <laughs> and everything Delroy Lindo's at uh, air traffic control isn't he because he's sort of overseeing the um, yeah being a legend. Yeah, welcome back to the pod, by the way. Welcome oh, back, yeah, Delroy. Last scene in yeah. Congo on the particular pod. Yes. Sesame yeah. cake. <laughs> and, but this like five, ten minute bit is where every single character is crammed in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As an intro, yeah, yeah. So you get yeah. uh, Delroy Lindo and then you get 
Samantha Mathis is introduced, uh, who's a park ranger. Welcome back. Welcome back, yes. Oh, uh, the Punisher, wasn't, wasn't yes. she? Yes. In the Punisher. Yeah. She was, yeah. There's no barbecues in this one, fortunately for her. <laughs> she was Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Punisher. Um, yeah. And then Bob Gunton's in it. Gunton, welcome yeah. back. Gun- yeah, Gunton's in it. Who's yeah. in Demolition Man? Who's just—he's yeah. a classic '90s bad guy, isn't he? Like you just yeah. know he's a bad guy when he—he's got such a punchable face. Like, he's, yeah, he's a massive twerp, but he's not the baddie. Yeah, yeah. he had a good line in "Officious Assholes," didn't he? Yeah, in the yeah, 90s. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, this five everyone's chucked in there. So yeah, Colonel yeah. Smith, who's the Secretary of Defense, is in there. Yeah, and and then the film just gets going. We know who the bad guys are. We know who the good guys are. Yeah, yeah. And it's the most basic form of storytelling you could get. Absolutely. Yeah. So John Travolta yeah. is stealing the nukes. He's being financed by Bob Gunton and his lot, whoever they are. We don't find out. It's not important. We really don't find out, do we? Yeah. Um, and the plan is to hold the government to ransom for the for the nukes to be returned. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much it. But yeah, it doesn't immediately come clear why he's doing it because it's kind of up in the air, isn't it? It's like, is he gonna sell them to a different country or is he gonna? use them to blow up somewhere else or whatever. And then there's a, there's a little Weasley, I don't know what the actor's called, but there's a little Weasley government guy. Yeah, um, It's Frank Whaley from uh, from Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Check oh, out the yes. big brain on bread. He's a smart yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He's the sort of guy who figures it all out, isn't he, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in the Pentagon. Even though he needs the phrase broken arrow being to be explained <laughs> to him. Right, yeah. which is, uh, this is the funniest thing about the whole movie. Um, so the phrase Broken Arrow is not actually used to refer to the theft, loss, or seizure of nuclear weapons or components from the US. That's known as an empty quiver. So this movie should be called Empty Quiver, not Broken Arrow. <laughs> so what's, what does Broken Arrow mean then? Uh, a Broken Arrow is defined uh, by joint reporting, structure event, and incident reports as a US nuclear weapon accident that does not create the risk of a nuclear war. So that so a Broken Arrow could be what happens in, in the mine later on. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it becomes uh, a broken arrow. It, it isn't when the nukes are missing. <laughs> so, welcome to the FYI podcast where we discuss empty quiver stuff. Empty quiver, empty quiver. And wow. Travolta, I mean, that sounds like an erotic thriller from, it uh, does, from yeah. the eighties. What about <laughs> impotence? <laughs> <laughs> empty quiver. The sequel, oh. firing blanks, was a massive misfire. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> writes itself this stuff. So yeah, uh, so, well, you know, how do you pick up from there? I thought, I thought there's loads of precursors to what he was going to do in Face Off. Obviously, he must have enjoyed working with Travolta. Yeah, yeah. To mm, want yeah. to carry him on into the next film, but there's a lot of uh, mano a mano stuff that I really like. You know, the way they stare at each other. He likes the, he loves the geography of a gun, but he also loves loves the geography of two men not getting along with each other. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah totally. So it's really, really cool. I, I think this is a little bit of a departure from what John Woo normally does. It's a lot more vehicular than his usual sort of just is, yeah. gunfights. There's a lot of there's there's a scene with a sequence of a Humvee. There's a the sequence with the train towards the end. There's yeah. a lot more. Uh, there's boats. There's all sorts, isn't there? It's uh, yeah. There are shootouts. Obviously, there are shootouts, but they're not as bombastic as they were mm. in his Hong Kong movies and in the mm-hmm. finale of Hard Target, for instance. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, James, because one of the things I that was one of the things I noticed it. I noticed it most in a scene later on, like I think when they go into the mine and there's a shootout in the mine. And I just felt that 
John Woo's pulling his punches a little in terms mm-hmm. of what he's um, what he usually yeah. does, and the gunplay is just really sort of tepid it's, compared. It's to kind what of by the numbers, does. isn't it? Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a few bits that step away from that, but I do know what you mean. Yeah, I just feel those the the things you know John Woo for, and what you would watch a John Woo film for, it's just not there. It's not it's not cranked up to eleven like it usually is. It's just like middling along on a seven. No, I do know what you mean. There's not a single dove in this movie. There's not a dove exactly. <laughs> what well, it made me long for. Do you remember the PS3 game? Was it Bullet? The P- the John Woo. The sequel to Hard Boiled, but um, yeah, yeah, it was, and and you had like buttons which were just like simply like slow mo, yeah, doves. <laughs> you could just stranglehold. Any called stranglehold? Yeah, it was a good, good game. Brilliant. Yeah, it was a really good game. In fact, you know what? Is that on PlayStation now? We were talking about PlayStation <laughs> now before we came on air, but I would love to play that again. That was so good. Um, yeah, I know. I do, I do definitely know what you mean. I think. Um, I mean, well, let's talk set pieces. I mean, there's a number of set pieces in this film. Yeah. How did they leave you? What do you think? So I think some of them are really good. Like, mm. um, so we should say after Christian Slater ejects out the stealth bomber and it crashes and the nukes are in the wind and uh, Travolta's uh, getting up with the goons, he uh, meets up with a part ranger played by Samantha Massiths. He needs her help to sort of track Travolta down. Mm doesn't he? And then from there, the first real big action sequence is that they're pinned in a canyon and uh, an attack helicopters after them. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is quite a good sequence. I thought it's I brutal. quite enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, what did you think of Christian Slater and Samantha Mathis as a pair? Now, I thought they lacked a little bit in the chemistry department, which was. Quite surprising, considering they used to actually be a couple in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surely that made it a bit awkward on set. Yeah, right? if it, yeah. yeah. But I, I actually quite liked how, for the vast majority of this film, there wasn't any romance between the two of them. They were just no, trying to help each other out. And yeah. she was pretty handy as well. I don't think Samantha Mathis was particularly great, but in terms of the character, I think it, I think it was pretty good how she was just a park ranger doing her job. Yeah, and yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't sleazy and or anything like that. So it's quite good to see that from She her. does have stuff to do, doesn't she? And she does get yeah. in her own arse kicking moments as well, doesn't she? And yeah. she gets to kill someone with a hammer. That's yes, not- Ooh, which is immensely enjoyable. <laughs> um I don't even know where this is. I mean, uh, I'm believing it's Utah. It's Utah, and- yeah, and they Utah, shot a lot yeah. of it on location. You've got to say that all that location photography looks immense as well. You've got your wide open it looks vistas. Great. Yeah, and- yeah, it really does. To be honest with you, it's a good thing that they weren't shooting on sets because John Travolta would have demolished them with all these scenery chewing. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, that's a good question, though. Like, obvious CGI in here. I can only hmm. pick a couple of examples. It's still very practical, isn't it? Yeah. It's all very practical. They, 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 they must have rigged a fuck ton of explosives in this. There are oh, a hell of a lot of explosions. That is one of the high points for me. The 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 blood orange explosions that are going off in this film are oh. so satisfying. Like, Yeesh, yeah. Like on the, it's just oh, it just happens if uh, there's a number of different ones. There's quite a lot of explosions in this movie. There is a lot, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, a nuke actually goes off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't often get that in an action movie that the nuke actually goes off. You know, yeah. yeah. Fair, fair fucks on that because most of the time they say <laughs> there's going to be a nuclear bomb go off, and you never see it. But in this one, it goes off underground in a copper mine albeit but 
it's we well have worth some listener it, yeah. questions associated with this. Actually. Oh yeah, it'll... but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. somehow, and I'm not quite sure how. Um, after this bit in the um, in the canyon, they managed to take charge of one of the trucks and somehow get their hands on one of the nukes, and they take it to a uh, a mine. Um, and there aren't many great filmic scenes in mines, but this is one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, just before we get into the mine, I think the Humvee. Uh, chase where they oh, take no, yes, where yeah. they take uh, control of the Humvee with the nukes is one of the best uh, action sequences in the film uh, outside of the climax on the train. It's really well choreographed. What I love about John Woo and even when he's not firing on all cylinders, which I don't think he fully is or if it's been taken off him and there's been studio interference, we don't know. The geography of the sequences is always on point. You always know where everyone is in relation to everybody else, and it's so well composed. I just really enjoy that sequence, and then he crafts a petrol bomb out of a flare and a uh, gas canister, doesn't he, and chucks it on Travolta. And this is at the point, what do we think of uh, of Deakins, the strategist, in this whole in the way dire. Absolutely, absolutely dire. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's got... Uh, what's the word? Chutzpah and yeah. not much else. He's got no. He doesn't really know. Yeah, what it's he's all doing. bullshit, he's... isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, Gunton is really annoying, but he's kind of got a point throughout this. You would be fuming. Mm. Like every single thing that gone wrong, that could go wrong, has gone wrong. He didn't kill Hale, so he's in the mix, stopping them from uh, carrying out their plan. Mm. The nukes weren't where they were supposed to be when he dropped them out of the stealth bomber. <laughs> and now Hale's procured the, the nukes from them and hit, gone into the mine. Like, no wonder yeah. he's losing his shit with him. <laughs> he's managed to tra- uh, sort of get changed into a lovely suede jacket, though. Yeah, but De- Deacon's uh, Travolta is just so ice cool throughout the whole thing that he blags his way through everything, doesn't he? Everything <laughs> that goes that. wrong. One, yeah. He's like a he's like a salesman who's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a great big shootout in a mine because yes. um the one of the nukes um uh this is and this is extremely convoluted that Hale decides to start pressing numbers on it because he says that if I get the numbers wrong three times, yeah, it'll go dead. Yeah. And then he says something, I used cir- something on something circuit boards. Yeah, he and, took the codes out, didn't he? So yeah. it didn't matter what code you put yeah, in. Yeah, uncoded right. circuit boards, that's it. Like, well, when did you do that? Yeah, are, are you, you letting like, this uh, lunatic <laughs> program the nuclear weapons as well? <laughs> when, was, when was Travolta alone with the nukes? I don't remember any of that. But anyway, um, that's by the by. Yeah. They decide it's armed, we'll get it. 2,000 feet underground is what they said. Well, luckily, uh, John Travolta was actually planning to do this exact same thing because he was always planning to blow one of them up to show the government that he was serious. It's the most <sighs> mental thing ever. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a couple, he's a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic. This lad, like, and Gunton's put him in in charge, and he's just seen it fall apart spectacularly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bless Gunton at this stage. But like, seriously, you know, he's halving. The amount of harm he can do here by blowing one up, and he says he was going to do it anyway to show he was serious. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure the the government knew they were valid weapons. You don't need <laughs> yeah. to show them that they that they sense. can do what you, they built them to do. You don't need to do that. Just sell them to or threaten to sell them to someone who really would use them for harm. Therefore, and double your money, John. Yeah. You know, you could buy as many elaborate cigarette moments as you like. 
He's off the reservation. He's absolutely <laughs> lost it. <laughs> yeah, he has, he has. But no, it's all right because the American military psych evaluation suggested he was fine to be doing this. He's absolutely fine. To fly a, yeah. what, what did they say? $20 billion uh, jet <laughs> with two nukes in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marvellous, marvellous. He's the perfect candidate. Um, so, yeah, they go downstairs. They have a... Downstairs. They go down a mine. <laughs> they have a brilliant scrap down there with lovely guns. But it is all, as you say, it's slightly sanitised. Lovely guns! <laughs> <laughs> well, I say lovely guns because at one point Christian Bale, Slater, gets yeah. um, his hands on two yeah. Berettas and he's going... <laughs> And this is another bit where I was quite disappointed because I was like, all oh, right, here we go. We're going to get some dual pistol action here. And it's sort of just done half-heartedly. Like, there's no, like, sideways diving, firing both and the different calibre weapons. Ooh, there, was and... a li- <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was a little bit. There was a little bit. Um, because you remember I said, I said, uh, oh, when I watched this the first time, I didn't like this. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. This massively exceeded those expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Going middle of Honestly, I thought it was going to be really let down by a bland action film, and I was not given that. Oh, lovely. Do you think all these these gunplay scenes would have been better had there been a um, master craftsman holding the gun to begin with? Because I found Christian Slater's gunplay was a bit rubbish. In that it happens like three times where he fires off a round before he aims. He's just going, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's like, God's sake, man, what are you doing? <laughs> There's a really cheesy bit where he does a little lovely hop over an oil drum as well, like, mm. like which just looks like a kid playing with a gun in his in the back garden, like, you know, yeah. playing playing war. <laughs> yes, yeah. And it was we were just like, oh, that'll do. Like <laughs> forget it, we're moving on. No, it's so the whole sequence is, I mean, it, it goes on for a while, the sequence too. It does, yeah, yeah. When they're down there and then a bomb goes off at some stage yeah, there's a and grenade falls over and, oh dear, it's all going to pieces. Yeah. And um, they, one of the bombs, oh, this is the first time John Travolta gets to say, stop shooting at the nuclear warhead. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is a good, always, will always be a good line. With, I think he's, he's sort of the premier hat top, uh, hat top, flat top of this event. Yeah, lovely, he? yeah. Yeah, it's sort of lovely thinning henchman. flat top because he's bald as yeah. anything these days, isn't he? John Travolta, <laughs> and it's on its way. His hair is starting to run away from his beautiful face, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, I mean he's henchman. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's yeah. The sort of like top top flat top of the day, and they take one of the remaining nukes, and they have a plan, yeah, and it involves <laughs> yeah, it get get it to They're a just boat. It, basically, is this like a <laughs> I mean, the only mode of transport I didn't see this new con at some point was a Vespa. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah, it's, pl- it's planes, yeah. trains and automobiles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> with explosions. <laughs> yes. I mean, the nuke goes off. And it's, yeah. it's, I just found it really cathartic, because like you say, you always get the threat in these films. Oh, he's yeah. going to nuke the city, and it never happens. Yep. But actually in this, a nuke does the do, and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and like the you know even that CGI where the where the crater appears from underneath the ground where it mm. liquidizes the it liquefies the earth and it just it just vanishes and then the the tremor and the ripple underneath because they're being pursued by a helicopter, aren't they? And uh, Dinkins yeah. has the has the uh, wherewithal to turn off his engine 
and wait for the EMP from the exploded uh, nuclear weapon to catch up with them, and then it takes out the helicopter. That's mm. a great sequence. That's really good fun. That's mm. excellent, yeah. Good line as well, which is definitely in the trailer, surely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he goes, I said, God damn, what a rush. <laughs> no, oh, that's superb, yeah. The, <laughs> that's the a direct lift there. from Pulp Fiction, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, from, when Uma um, Thurman's Uma snorting Thurman, coke yeah. when they're out on a date. Yeah, it's, so that must be intentional. I don't know. Oh, it has to be, has to be. And can I bring in a couple of our listeners, please, here? Yeah, go ahead. Technical question from um, Adam at What Adam. Technical question, really, but if a nuke goes off in a mine, is it really contained? <laughs> I don't think so, which makes the whole plot invalid. Very interesting. <laughs> Danny Marshall counters that, and he's at DLM writes, most nuclear bomb tests in almost all since the 60s were carried out underground to prevent contamination. So I guess it depends on depth and layout of the mine. I think these two people have thought more about this plot than the makers of the film did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, considering they haven't even, it should be called Empty Quiver and not Broken Arrow. I think that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when yeah. we go back to the room of suits whose sole purpose is to explain these plot points... Um, <laughs> They, they do mention it, and and the bit about it being a copper mine where it would just handily create a fuse everything together, fuse, yeah. and it would create a little bunker for the for, yeah, the, yeah. for the radiation. It's always fine. These guys in in the Pentagon are just like, thank God it was underground. Everything's all right. Okay, on to the next one. So it's gone. The exposition bit again, isn't it? Like, um, so how did you know it was underground? We felt that you know it would have been a different feeling tremor. If, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it was yeah. over the ground. Like, yeah, right, but how do you know? Because we'd be blind, screaming and dying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did like that bit. I did yeah, like that Yeah, Delroy, Delroy Lindo's so good, but he's just wasted he in this. Is he's wasted. just there oh, at Mission is, Control. Yeah. Like, he's got nothing to do whatsoever apart from just spout exposition. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, like, spoiler alert, he, he, he dies very easily, doesn't he? <laughs> spoiler alert. Flies into a mountain. <laughs> to no, to no fanfare either. Like, no fanfare. Like, the no. second, you know, not often in films as well. Do two helicopters get iced? But yeah. there's two here. Absolutely uh, pulled down. Yeah. He does have a really good line in it though. So after this, the boat, because um, they jump on a boat, don't they, with the nuke and yeah. Terry Carmichael is called. So Samantha Mass yeah. character. She's on the boat, and Christian yeah. Slater's. He jumped off, and he's met up now with. Delroy Lindo and, and the little Weasley guy, I forget what his name is. Um, Brett, and from, Big Kahuna Burger. Brett <laughs> from Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. And then Delroy Lindo has a really good line where he's like, you know that that meme where it's the guy and he's like, they, they had us in the first half, not going to lie. And he's like, we can't do this. We can't do this. What about, I don't know the lines verbatim, I've totally forgot. But he's like, we can't do this. What about the rules? The rules I'm about to break. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, woo. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something like, you remember those rules, don't you, Hale? Yeah, because I'm about to break them. Like, <laughs> yeah. da 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 <laughs> Uh, and given what happens to poor Delroy five minutes later he really should have stuck to the rules he should not have done that no uh, right that boat bit that you mentioned um, because obviously the nuke had to get onto water at some point but so they see it's just so stupid and this is one of the bits that like I don't often feel this and I certainly never point them out in films from you know action movies like this because I love the suspension of disbelief but I know exactly what you're going to say. They swim to this boat yep. and get on it. And she says, blow it up. And he says, no, we're going to steal it. And then they start walking through the bushes and he goes, oh, wait, no, we're not. <laughs> he jumps back <laughs> off it. No, 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 we're not, we're not, we're not. He doesn't even say that. He just jumps back off. And she goes, 
Oh no, the co- right. I best hide under uh, this tarp here, therefore doubling the amount of stuff that was on board. No one will notice this. Yeah. And then, and they don't. To be fair, they don't. No. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fair to be. They don't. You know. Well, I mean, because a boat's going along at top speed, and John Travolta's desperately trying to hold on to that cigarette with half a pinky or whatever yeah, it is yeah. he's trying to do by this point. And so she was sopping wet in a tank top when she got on that boat, and then. The next cut, the next time you see her is moments later, and she's fully dry, fully uniformed, clambering on the back of a truck. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole scene missing. I thought that there was a scene that had just been cut it out. It feels like, that way, yeah. Like, because you're like, oh, she's in jeopardy here because she's stuck on the boat. She's going to get discovered when they dock at the next at the next place. No, no. We just see the what we presume is the villain's truck already loaded up, and she decides to run after it. I mean, she's gone way above and beyond at this stage. <laughs> I can only assume there was a hairdryer on the boat and uh, she just waited for them to get off, load the truck and then... How long was the journey? We don't know. I mean, was she under that tarp for four hours? (laughs) Her legs cramping like... "Ah, I can't move! I don't know. This this desert whole desert is only about a mile wide by the way that people keep catching (laughs) up with each other. (laughs) Yeah, it's never hard to find each other in this fast desert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we get on a big train sequence now, don't we? So yeah, we do. They informed our lovely discussion before. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is this is an incredible. I think I don't think everything else has been as good as it could be. But I can't really fault this train sequence. It's absolutely phenomenal. It the really, amount of really, goes really on this train. You've got all sorts happening here. You know. um, Massive gunfights, yeah. heroes and villains on a moving train yeah. with helicopters flying around either side of it. In fact, no, sorry, there are three helicopters that get blown up in this film. Not yeah. two. Um, <laughs> there's a nuke involved that will go off at any stage. Yeah, uh, The stakes are really high. You've got Travolta, who is just, he's off the reservation. He might not even be in the room. <laughs> he's, yeah. just- <laughs> he's, he's, he's not even a human anymore. He's gone full ham sandwich and he's absolutely <laughs> loving the role. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and yeah. you've got like amazing stunt work as well because yeah. you see both Samantha Mathis and Christian Slater themselves hanging off the side you of do, the train. You do, yeah, you do. There's loads of, apparently Slater did loads of his own stunts. Yeah, he did, yeah. And then there's an amazing shot where Slater's underneath the train and it, it, he sort of, the camera's sort of static on the track and it passes over. Yeah. It's just a brilliant shot. So yeah, this train sequence just puts it up another three levels. Just really all does, sudden. doesn't it? Yeah, really, really does. absolutely amazing. And then the gunplay suddenly gets a lot more uh, intricate as well. Like there's a brilliant yeah. bit where these uh, henchmen get the drop on Terry Carmichael and and Hale. She's got a gun in her waistband at the back and he drops, grabs the gun out of the waistband and shoots the guy in the head through her legs through and then legs. follows it up with that the... Was uh, very, very cool. He goes off the train and he's like, yeah, that was the first for me too. It's like, bosh, right, now we're cooking. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. It's only taken an hour that and was re- 40 and minutes this, to get to You're right, point. man. And this is where the chemistry starts to cook as well. Like, yeah, because exactly. I like them in this bit as well. Like that together, they're really, really good. Uh, that um, is is the reason that was suddenly the gun plays better is because the the it's Squib City all of a sudden. Oh yeah, it's oh, just yeah. Yeah. and because I I think that adds such an element, an extra element of drama. Because earlier in the mine, you knew that. Well, it was really Travolta versus Slater, and neither could die because you'd no, have no movie, you'd have no second half. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the reason that you know there's no jeopardy, that no one's going to get iced horribly. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas in this, I mean, there's a moment where 
I know it's not a bullet, but the chopper starts whirring and he says, I'm going to give these guys a haircut. And some dude gets... <laughs> segmented. I mean, it's unreal. (laughs) And uh, do you know what I wrote at that point? Like, I've written in my notes, I will be showing my kids this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Before this, it's not gory at all, is it? There's no... There's no no horrendous deaths. There's just a few... You know, obviously, it's going to be horrible dying in an explosion in a helicopter, but you don't really see it that way. Apart from Gunton, his is quite gruesome, isn't it? He gets heavy... Oh, God, (laughs) you forgot about that! Oh, my God. He just gets absolutely beamed in the throat with a torch, doesn't he? (laughs) What a way to describe it. Did it say it in the script? Travolta beams him in the throat with a torch with a mag light on the epiglottis. Oh, God. And he's just there, like, choking to death. I don't even crush Larry. (laughs) (laughs) But then Travolta turns to him as soon as he's done it and says, shush. (laughs) he was pecking his head at that point like he's very he's in a very stressful situation he really was anyway Delroy Lindo and whoever's driving that helicopter that dropped off Slater onto it they both plough into a mountain which to be fair to you like if this was a movie these days he'd be like when it got to the when when all the carnage is over and everyone's re and Mathis and uh um, and Christian Slater's characters reunite. He'd just like come trotting up from behind, like oh, I just jumped out at the right moment. Like yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. no, they're just like it's nineties. He's dead. He's dead as anything. He's he plastered all over no that fanfare. mountain. No fanfare. <laughs> but even like the it cuts and the the helicopter just slams straight into the side of the tunnel. And I was like, hang on, was that Delroy Lindo's? Helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, did. he, didn't, he didn't even say anything like, you know, um, well, he didn't go like, oh no, oh, that's a mountain. <laughs> even Christian Slater doesn't give a shit. It cuts back to Christian Slater and he's just like, carrying on. It's like, yeah. Even he could be like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, show a bit of. <laughs> someone show think, a bit of. I think that reaction would have been worse. Like, oh, bloody hell. Another uh, <laughs> thing I've got to deal with. <laughs> Gonna be having some bad dreams tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, the the up on trains, under trains, along trains. This is all so much fun. It's all shot yeah, brilliantly. Yeah. A helicopter that's parked on the train blows up as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just got everything. Um, then they then they start boxing in a train. Yeah, twenty dollar. Um, but remember, this whole thing has been about yeah. a twenty dollar wager the whole way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So many people have died <laughs> in this infernal match of one-upmanship that's going on. Yeah. A national park has been ruined because of a nuclear explosion. Ancient copper mine destroyed. <laughs> uh, before they get into the fisticuffs inside the uh, the train car, though, we have the great bit, don't we, where um, after the helicopter explodes on the on the flatbed part of the train, Christian Slater sends uh, Carmichael to go and s- stop the train, to decouple the train, don't they? So they're, oh, yes. they're yeah. separated. And then he gets up and Spider-Man's off the side of the train, doesn't he? And kicks a head flat top oh, yeah. out through oh, the... Oh, yeah. Out through the... <laughs> <laughs> and then off that huge, like, 80-foot bridge that goes that's going over a river. And I yeah. swear to God, like, back in the day, they did a huge feature out on this. It must have been, like, a really high drop for the stuntman to do or something and it's literally three shots in the movie like 
who would be a stuntman? It's not even in slow-mo. It's just like, right, you see him go out of the train, you see one angle as he's dropping, and then you see another angle as he hits the water. <laughs> That's it. Like, yeah. He could have died doing that. It does get the <laughs> Wilhelm scream treatment, though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It oh, it's it, so it, satisfying. Oh, yeah, yeah. did it? I missed yeah, that. It's the, it's the old classic scream. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Where, you know, where I think, like, if you were to look and analyse the Wilhelm scream, it's going badly, <laughs> and then suddenly your knackers are involved. <laughs> And then it's <laughs> then you're dying. So ah! <laughs> now that's film theory. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but there's, they start fighting um, over a nuclear warhead. So yeah, it's screenwriting 101. This isn't it. Like we start back where we begin, where yeah. the hero's journey is now complete in terms of he's got to fight the guy to get uh, to win the day and beat him at what he's not as good at as he is. So what's happened at this point is <laughs> the front of the train's been decoupled and uh, Carmichael's down there. She shoots another person. like Yes. Yeah, to, and he leans on the brake and the brake's all busted and she can't get to it. So that's stopped. So that decoupled train has stopped there. Whereas the train with the nuclear warhead and the scrapping pilots inside <laughs> is fast approaching, isn't it? Yeah, I've got this right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that's yeah. right. Now, um, so Slater starts, duffs him up and wins the day. And then he's like, oh, God, we're about to hit the stopped train there that's on fire as well. <laughs> we <should say. laughs> yeah, we can't, can't forget that. Can't forget right, that. so he does the, the crispest thing ever and he picks up the, uh, the detonator remote and he jumps out and then in slow motion, sideways, as if he's holding a gun, deactivates the nuke. And then the, oh, the train cool. barrels towards towards the stationary front of the train and then just one of the greatest moments ever in cinema occurs. <laughs> someone someone <laughs> described this thing of beauty. Do you want to take this side? I, I cannot give this justice. I do not remember this from the first time I watched it. I think, to be honest, this whole train sequence, I don't remember. I remember the whole yeah. starting on the mm. stealth bomber and all the mind stuff. And then when it got to the train, I loved it so much because I was just like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> it's so riveting, like, and so creative yeah. and everything that's uh, going well, on. Uh, it's, uh, for you then, Sai, si, in which case, if you couldn't remember any of this, what a bonus scene this is. <laughs> and then when it got to this ending and the demise of John Travolta... <laughs> Usually we have a bit of hyperbole on this when we say, oh, this is the best thing ever. This is probably the best death of a villain <laughs> ever committed to film. It's certainly one of the most satisfying. Like Alan Rickman, as Hans Gruber gets dropped out of a building, he's got nothing on the way that Deacons goes. <laughs> no, it's just, is, it, is it because you see his body ragdoll? I don't like, know. In this, you see his body like going... <laughs> It's getting the, wrapped up, it's, absolutely mangled. I honestly, I laughed out loud as soon as I saw this happen. <laughs> it only lasts about two seconds, but it seems to go on forever, and it's amazing. <laughs> because as soon as that impact happens, you like, and and you, they make a real point about how sharp the the missile is, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're like, why are they doing it? And then as soon as it makes the impact, it's like two and two together, and you're like, oh! And then it cuts by, and he just flies through the air. And then Travolta just, I think he's quite impressed, actually, and he's like, he just accepts it. He's like, he oh, stares oh, it down, he's ready for it. So, well, I think by, by this point, his character is totally ready for death anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he is. I think, for, yeah, from the off, he, he's just had a tip for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> bit like a bit like Val Kilmer's Batman. He, yeah, yeah, enough. He's had enough. <laughs> he takes it full barrel in the bread basket, right? But <laughs> that's not enough. That doubles him over and under the missile, right? Such as the force. It propels him through the wall of the train car, right? And you see and into, all this. This is not inferred. Yeah, yeah, You've seen it. Yeah. And into the stationary front part of the train, which is on fire, <laughs> and into a load of gasoline barrels that seemingly explode at the sight of his evil. <laughs> <laughs> and this John Travolta dummy ragdolls all the way through as the whole thing goes up in glorious blood orange flames. It's Absolutely tremendous. (laughs) I I do struggle to think of a better, more satisfying villain passing than this. I yeah, I I cannot think of. I was just like my the massive smile on my face. My eyes were just like (laughs) I laughed out loud and ran it back four times to watch it. It was so brilliant. It was so good. Uh, and then there's a little bit of a chin wag, yeah. Um, where they, you know, there's a lovely slow motion handshake that turns yeah, into yeah. a couple of yeah. hands I'm on not, chest. I'm not a kiss. Nice. I like. Was that. there a no kiss? kiss? Did I miss it? No, no I kiss. do love that. I love there's all this no kiss, because which is good. life doesn't have a neat bow on it, and I like that here. You know, they could go on a date later. Solve the nukes now. Yeah, because it was great because it ends with them introducing themselves to each other. Isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 that was yeah. lovely. And that it's like lovely. usually wholly inappropriate to be like, okay, I've had a, a mad day with you, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna like assume you want to snug me. So let's yeah. go on a date first, and maybe we're gonna oh, it's so just, nice. I and loved they do it. Oh, it was great. Ryan, what was his name? Ryan Hales and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Carmichael. Oh, lovely. Riley people. Hales, I think he's called. Riley, Riley quite yeah. even better. Riley, lovely, Hales. yeah. Slipping X, swoon. But I, I quite liked this trope that was in there of um, the hero and a female sidekick who helps out in the, uh, with the heroics as well, because this is actually written by Graham Yost, who also wrote Speed Ooh, as well. So yes. it's obviously something that he tries to build into his action screenplays where there's a, there's a heroine who sort of starts as a sidekick, but then actually comes up and and levels up to the same level as the as the main hero. Yes, mm. yeah. And then it's over, and then we're into credits and some more lovely more Hans Zimmer guitar. <laughs> I love how we don't waste time, you know. Right, the threat's over. Right, uh, just a couple of a couple of lines from each of you. Yeah, you happy with yeah, that? That's yeah, good. good. Credits. It's yeah. done. That's, that's it. Care, that's then. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant! It was the same with Hard Target, wasn't it? That yeah. it just yeah. ends after after Henriksen yeah. gets. Oh, it. it's a very yeah. bad problem. It finishes. Right, F- uh, no, not FIR. We're not there yet, Rob. Behave yourself. Best bits, fellas. I think we're all going to say the same thing, aren't we? It's hard to look past Travolta's demise because it's just incredible. Oh, so good. <laughs> It's nope. just, I've got another. I've got another one. Uh, I mean, there are every time he's smoking a cigarette is phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> just the whole train sequence is superb for me. Yeah. It's, it's that's the bit that elevates this movie without a doubt. That climactic train sequence and then the demise of Deakins. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that track is called on the. Uh, you know, is, it, is it called Demise of Deacons? Um, yeah. I think it's called uh, You Got Effed in the A by a nuclear weapon. Is that really what it's called? No. <laughs> oh, this is right. I can't. It's the point Come of on, Rob. <laughs> I, thought, I thought like maybe it said that, you know, for. 
censorship think you got F'd in the A. <laughs> yeah, I thought they... Yeah, never mind. It was the 90s. That's what I was thinking. So, right, James, you've got Deeks' death. Um, Sai? Uh, uh, Deeks' intro as a villain was my favourite bit. I just think that shot Ooh. is amazing. And this, the, the little theme tune he's got. Bow, 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 bow. That is yes. so nice, that sting. It's just great. great. It is it's so great, really, isn't it? Yeah. really good. You know, it's, it's such a good bit of music that it's um, it's a shame it's in a somewhat forgotten movie. Um, you know, it's very Twin Peaksy, isn't it? Like, you know, it is. Yeah. I've got a little bit like, is this Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer doing a bit of X Files stuff? Yeah, you know when it's like bow 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 much earlier there's, on. You know, yeah, there's, there's a bit as yeah. well where where it goes on like Nightmare on Elm Street as well with like yeah, it's high yeah. pitched synths where it's like ring, ring, ring. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah, it's, yeah. The music's amazing. Class, but yeah. this is so fucking weird, and you're gonna think I'm a right weirdo. Um, I have this weird fixation of shots in movies. I love a shot of a close-up of a map, of a large tabletop map. <laughs> oh, yes. I love shots oh, like that. Yes. And in particular, when things are being pointed out on those maps. Oh, so and there's he uses a, bit, a big crayon in there. He uses a big crayon. So there's a, and the camera usually tracks it like perfectly. Oh, yes. And I always wonder, is it the actual actor's hands or do they have special hand people who can point really good <laughs> yeah. or circle things really perfectly? And uh, yeah, there's a bit where he he he, he figures out that um, Christian Slater uh, Hale figures out that he's doing the old rope dope, and he's sending all the military to yeah yeah Salt Lake City, is it for this hospital thing? But that's all a ruse, and he's actually going to Denver. Yeah, and the shot of the close with the map, and he's, he he tracks it perfectly. This crayon going across, and then he circles it and put. And I was just like, oh. I just think those shots are so satisfying. I, lo- yeah. I just love it. <laughs> a finger sliding across a map and then tapping where we're going. Oh. <laughs> you, you, I imagine you flipping love the Indiana Jones Such a movies, weirdo. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calm down, you pervert. <laughs> I, I was thinking before, because... I think I think there was a shot like this in another film we covered, and you know you get on the on like YouTube and stuff where people do supercuts of things. Yeah, I need to yeah, do yeah. a supercut of close-up maps and fingers. Oh, please do! <laughs> Not wrong with that. Such mate. a weirdo. We celebrate the good stuff here. <laughs> um, you know, again, I think I'm going to go with something weird here, but it's when it's when things work in a film, you know, and it sells something, it sells a moment or whatever. And it's usually, for me, it's always something really small. We were talking about the gunplay, and John Woo is obviously famous for it, but I love, ever since um, Hard Boiled, I loved the physicality of it, you know, the fact that everything was done properly. Um, And that applies to both the gun and what he's shooting at, or whoever is shooting at. So in this, they're on a moving train, He's uh, Christian Slater is firing a machine gun down the body of the train, spraying it along. And as the camera tracks across it, the there's no squibs, no squibs, no squibs. And suddenly, as just at the right perfect timing, a little satellite dish that's on the top of the train goes <laughs> into little pieces. And it's just like... That's a practical effect that you had to time so perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> across Slater with the gun, the camera people, the people in charge of the squibs going off. Everything about it had to be perfect. Perfect, And no one will ever recognise that. <laughs> that <laughs> so taken for granted. That. So, yeah, um, yeah to, to that little satellite dish that got absolutely iced, we salute you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten. 
God, <laughs> definitely not forgotten. Anyway, Sai, what are you thinking? FYR. Okay, so my first reaction while I was watching this again, um, for the most part, I was like, it wasn't really as good as I remember. And considering we're in the hands of John Rue, I've mentioned it briefly before, I, I do feel he was pulling his punches a bit. Um, whether that was studio interference, I don't know. Uh, apparently, he's got a longer cut. He, there was a good 20 minutes taken out of it. Um, a, a lot of the action sequence was shortened. Um, hashtag release of the Woo Cup. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get behind that. I'd be well up for a I'd John be Woo Cup. Well <laughs> so, you know, I, I do think, you know, we were missing a bit of his sort of cranked up to 11 John Woo style, you know, what makes his film so unique. However, we get to this train sequence and I'm just like. <laughs> Like, it's it's just great. So I think, you know, all in all, it probably does sit on the lower end of John Woo's back catalogue. But a really stunning climax, uh, a wonderfully fabulous Travolta who um, is just basking in the glow of himself. And I just think he's he's great in it. I think he's so good. And then one of the best ever villain deaths in the history of action cinema. (laughs) (laughs) I think there are a lot of people out there who wouldn't have seen Broken Arrow. So I think... If you're in the mood to have a, a, you know, a very serendipitous movie where everything fits into place really handily, and there's a lot of <laughs> men in suits giving exposition over the phones to expl- explain any plot holes, um, but you just want good action sequences with a really satisfying climax, it, give it a go. I think I reckon. <sighs> As you know, I um, first watch in twenty years. This for me. Because I don't know how it had happened, but I watched it and it didn't match up for me at the time as a teenager to the thrills of Hard Target and Face Off. So coming back to this now, this is like, oh my God, I've neglected one of my children for 20 years. (laughs) This is just, how has this happened? I am so, I was so buzzing, so excited watching this. You've got actors... Chewing every bit of scenery available. You've got set pieces galore. You've got, you know, one, two, three helicopters blowing up. You've got all sorts happening here. This film leaves nothing in the locker at all. I was so surprised, so excited, and so happy to watch this that I'm going to watch it all over again this week <laughs> with my children. It's just that I loved it that much. So, um, this is to you, Broken Arrow. I'm sorry, I got you wrong 20 years ago john you were right <laughs> thank you robert <laughs> uh james what about you mate yeah so um i'm i'm sort of in the same camp as, as simon really you know so this this movie was very much chosen by 16 year old me and while 35 year old me still gets a kick out of certain travolta centric moments and that incredible climactic train uh sequence i d- it wasn't as good as i remember and i'm i think i'm not that it's bad, I just feel a little bit disappointed that it wasn't as good as I remember it being when I watched it 20 years ago. But we don't like to go out on a negative, and I do think it's worth watching, but I want to read to you a uh, a review I found on Letterboxd, which I think would, inter- you know, we would get across the positivity that we're sort of aiming for on this podcast. Mm. So this is from a reviewer on Letterboxd uh, who goes by the name of Pube. <laughs> <laughs> Right, don't laugh at him. Right, don't have a go at him. He's got some interesting stuff that's to say. Name. Right, so uh, Pubes review Broken Arrow, Broken Penis. <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> my erection got so hard from this masterpiece in 1990s action cinema that I, it broke in two. 
I was wooed. You see what he's done there? From the very beginning to the climactic end. Four stars. Loved it. Four? <laughs> four stars. He, he broke his, his reproductive organs over yeah. four stars, not five. Yeah. So I can't match pubes' enthusiasm, but, you know... Where well, it is, pubes really. can match his own enthusiasm. <laughs> Why not five stars, pubes? No. He's on letterbox. His name is Pube. Find him and ask him. Can <laughs> have a word. Why? <laughs> I'd hate to see Pube excited. <laughs> that really hurt someone. Oh, dear. Anyway, well, ma- marvellous. <laughs> Sorry, James, you were going to say that, that had something to do with your your opinion. No, I was just going to say there are other opinions available. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, <laughs> sort of Sorry. Sorry. Mine and Simon's <sighs> lukewarm reaction to the movie that I picked. Other people are feeling much more enthusiastic about the film. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, uh, thank you very much, everyone, as always, for listening. That was another... <laughs> <laughs> wonderful discussion um, please tune in next time next movie we have up for you is Si I believe it's your choice oh, uh, yeah we're, we're, it's going to be a bit less fun and a bit more morose but we're watching Children of Men next week oh lovely well, I'm very excited very excited never seen it so mm. very excited oh that would be cool yeah yeah um, does it have Pew breaking his penis over. <laughs> I'll check out his review. <laughs> ready for the next check if Pew managed to hold on to his manhood for this one. Uh, <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening. Please tune in next time and please give us five stars on the subscription service of choice. And also, we we actually really like interacting with you guys on Twitter. So please do that. Please yeah. do that. And um, yeah, uh, go and. Not nuke yourselves, I suppose. I don't yeah. know what yeah. the sign They're up quite dangerous, are you, uh, the old nukes? <laughs> yeah, believe so. Although you can shoot them with guns and, <laughs> and fire them into John Travolta's bread basket um, and nothing will happen. I'm pretty it. sure John Travolta would have a different opinion <laughs> after being <Yeah>. shafted. <laughs> so, yeah. I just... Did the... Was Do you think Travolta's one? penis was broken like pubes by the end of this movie? <laughs> 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 oh, dear. <laughs>